Well, hello there, everybody. It's Tuesday night. It's not close enough to Friday yet, as I hoped it would be. But we are one step closer to the weekend. Welcome to my latest episode of Foxy After Dark. I hope you have all had a good day. I'm Lucy. I'm recording from Surrey. Very cold and windy and rainy Surrey, but it's a very nice suburb anyway. I was going to say everything's quiet and time to relax and prepare yourself to drift off to sleep. But of course, with the wind blowing, it's not so quiet. I don't like the wind. I hate the rain even more, but I don't like the wind very much. I moan about the weather a lot. Actually, I don't. Do I moan about the weather or not? No, because I like the snow. I like it when it's cold and snowy because you can always dress up nice and warm. I love the spring. I love the autumn. I love sunny weather. Those of you that uh, have been with me for a while will know I do like sunny climates. I just don't like wind and I'm not a big fan of rain. And that's what we seem to get a lot around here. But never mind, not to worry. So I hope you've had all you've all had a good day. Uh, I've had an okay day. It's been one of those days. Quite a few meetings again today, which I'm sure once again could have been just an email. But no, no, had to be meetings. But not to worry. We have another great old time radio show tonight. I hope you've been enjoying them so far. The, the comments and the feedback I've been getting have been very positive. But if you do have any constructive criticism, I don't want any just outright moans sent to me. But if you do have any constructive criticism, I would love to hear it. Any feedback you have on the show would be fantastic. I can only improve if you let me know what you don't like. I love receiving all the compliments and the positive comments. But any constructive criticism is always welcome as well. Notice how I make an emphasis on constructive as opposed to anything other than that, but not to worry. I'm on Instagram and YouTube as Foxy Geek Girl for those of you who have not been with me before. So please feel free to check those out. And I also have an exclusive hangout page at patreon.com forward slash Foxy After Dark. Tonight, I have actually been to darts. I don't really see myself as a darts player, but I've got some friends who play darts on a regular basis. And because a friend of theirs has, um, what have they done? They've moved house. They asked me whether or not I would like to go and play for their team. They should have asked me when I was sober. Um, I wasn't particularly drunk, but I'm kind of more agreeable, shall we say, when I've had a glass of wine or two. So when I was asked, Lucy, would you like to join our darts team? Yeah, of course I would. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) I'm not very good. All I can say is I'm not very good. We lost. I'm not going to blame myself. Because I wasn't the only person who performed badly. But whether or not they invite me back next week is another story. Not sure how much I want to commit to a weekly basis of playing darts. It's good fun. It all stemmed from a party night out before Christmas when we went to a darts club. Darts club, is that the right thing to call it? I don't know. It's basically a nice bar with some really snazzy, fancy electronic dartboards. And you don't just play darts in the old traditional style. There's lots of different games that you can play, donkey derby, things like that, through hitting the right numbers on the dartboard. And it was Christmas. I'd had a couple to drink. There's not a theme here or anything. I don't drink lots. And just like when I play pool, my aim gets better. When I play pool, if I've had a drink or two, I play much better. Likewise with darts. Of course, this evening I was driving. No alcohol was consumed I probably hit the floor as many times as I hit the board. And that doesn't mean I hit any numbers either. So take from that what you will. Like I said, whether they invite me back, we shall find out or I shall find out. I will let you know. 
I will let you know. Before we move on to tonight's episode, we're going to do a couple of shout outs from my Patreon gang. So I would like to say a huge foxy hello to Pedro, Jeff, Dominic, Garrett, Dermitten. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm so sorry if that's not how you pronounce it. Christopher and Tommy, who have all, all sent me lots of messages. So thank you for getting in touch. I love to get all your messages. It kind of stops me working, if I'm honest, because I keep checking my messages instead of doing my job. However, it is nice to get all your messages. And I'd also like to say to um, hello to Mohammed from my YouTube account as well. And I'm pretty sure Sanford and Son is basically a rewrite of Steptoe and Son and basically the same characters as well. But who knows? So for tonight, it's Tuesday. It's more mystery and adventure with an episode of Saturday Night Theatre and the story of the late Edwina Black, which was first broadcast on the 7th of January, 1950. So sit back, relax and enjoy. We present the late Edwina Black, a mystery thriller by William Dinner and William Morham, with all the members of the original London theatre production, Stephen Murray, Catherine Lacey, Raymond Huntley and Beatrice Varley. The late Edwina Black. One winter evening in 1895. Nine o'clock in the drawing room of Amberwood House, until three days ago, the home of the late Edwina Black. Yes, what is it, Ellen? Come in. It's your black dress, Miss Graham. It's... Shut the door, Ellen. The draft is unbearable. I'm sorry, Miss Graham. I forgot. You don't like the wind bell tinkling, do you, Miss? We should take it down. Oh, no, Miss. You mustn't do that. It was hers. The mistress loved that windmill. She often said it was like her laughter when she was young. And so Did you say was. my black dress had arrived? Yes, miss. I unpacked it to save it crease. Bring it over here by the fire, will you, please? Would you mind holding it a little higher? Oh, that's it. You know, after the funeral... I mean, after the mourning period, it can be relieved very nicely by white or scarlet. It's a new sort of silk, isn't it, miss? I don't remember the mistress ever having any like that. It's a special mourning material, the dressmaker tells me. Made in London somewhere. Spitalfields, I think. I expect the mistress would have approved. That's a very expensive dress for a lady's companion, isn't it? I don't think so, Ellen. Hmm. You'll be looking for a new purse now, won't you? It would never do for you to stay here unchaperoned now the mistress has gone, would it? I mean... Leave my dress on the back of the sofa, will you? Yes, miss. By the way, miss... Do you know if the master is giving up the house? I don't know, Ellen. Why do you ask me? I thought perhaps he might have discussed it with you. You see, I wouldn't like to think of someone else living here. I doubt whether many people would want to. It's so lonely, it's so far from the village. Oh, it's so unfriendly. Call at this time of night? I don't think Mr. Black will want to see anybody, so try and get rid of them as quickly as you can, Ellen. I'll go upstairs. Yes, Miss. Good evening, ma'am. Chilly this evening. I didn't quite catch your name, sir. Martin, ma'am. Henry Martin. Did you say Mr. Black was at home? No, sir, he's not. He's out for his constitutional. But I don't think the master will see you. I'm sure he won't. This is a house of mourning. I'm sorry, ma'am, but I have to see him. 
Miss Graham is in. Would you like to see her? Miss Graham? She was the mistress's companion, sir. Oh, yes. No, I have to see Mr. Black himself, ma'am. Couldn't you come back after the funeral tomorrow? I'm afraid my business won't wait till then. Are you from the Amberwood Weekly Press? Heaven forbid, ma'am. Then from the lawyer's office, maybe? I am not, ma'am. Then what is it you want? I've come on a matter regarding the funeral, ma'am. Oh, from the undertakers. Why didn't you say? They told the master they were sending someone about the bearers. You'd better come in out of the cold and wait. Thank you, ma'am. That way, sir, in the drawing room. Thank you. You can sit down. Thank you, ma'am. I must say your firm has supplied a nice coffee. Neat without being vulgar, as my missus would have said. And I like the shiny handles, quite genteel. Ah, she deserved the best, she always did. Oh, I'm sure she did, ma'am. A sad loss. Oh, it doesn't seem possible that I shall never see her again. Death can be very tragic for those who are left, for those who loved her. Are you staying in service here, ma'am? Why shouldn't I? It was Miss Edwina's house. Miss Edwina? I was with her ever since she was 21. I was a personal maid, a present from her father in the first place. No servant ever had a better mistress. Oh, I'm glad to hear that, ma'am. And now she's lying up there, upstairs, just waiting to be buried. Oh, I'm, I mustn't keep talking about her. I mustn't. It brings her back to me so. Keep busy, ma'am. That always helps. Well, I've certainly got plenty to do. Jellies and cakes and hams for the funeral tea. You've no idea how grief makes people eat. How's the master taking it? Quite well, thank you. I know that his schoolmastering keeps him from brooding. Boys can be little devils. <laughs> I know, I've got a couple. He's too easy with those fooligans. They just take advantage of him. You can't be too soft with boys. I agree, ma'am. I ought to have charged them for a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mustn't waste time like this. I suppose you'd like a glass of beer while you're waiting. Miss Edwin will always like me to do that, even for anybody who was nobody, as you might say. Oh, I'm not much of a one for beer, ma'am. But I wouldn't say no to a nice cup of tea. Tea at this hour of night? I'm very partial to a cup of tea. I could drink one almost any hour of the day. Maybe you can. But I never make tea in this house after a quarter past four. And I hope I never shall. It's beer or nothing. Then nothing, thank you, ma'am. If you'll excuse me... I'll just go outside and tell my cabby not to wait. Well, I'll have to walk to the village if you do that. Miss Edwina got rid of our pony and trap after she took to her bed. Well, it's only about a mile to the village, isn't it, ma'am? Mm, you know your own business best. I can walk. I'll be back very shortly. Helen, who was it, Helen? Just someone to see the master about the funeral. Oh, good evening, sir. Good evening, Helen. Who was our caller? I've just seen the cab in the drive, so I came in by the back door. It's a Mr. Martin, sir. He'll be back in a moment. No, I can't see anyone now. Tell him to come back after the funeral. He's come about the funeral, sir. The bearers, I think. Oh. Well, I have to see him, I suppose. Oh, by the way, Ellen, you haven't hung any crepe on the back door. You know what the squire's wife will think when she rides down the lane. Oh, I'll go and do it straight away, sir. Lisa, your dress has arrived. Yes. First one I've given you. And it's black. Oh, I hate black. Along the colour, masses of it. Rich, exciting colour. I seem to have worn dull, drab things all my life. And now the first dress you give me is black. 
Oh, Gregory, I don't want to go to her funeral. I can't bear the idea. It'll be over in half an hour, an hour at the most. Yes, but she's so many friends. They'll all be there. And what will they be thinking, saying about us? Don't even worry either of us. Not now. We're not staying in this house much longer. There's only the funeral, and then we'll be free, Lisa. Oh. Completely free. Next week, I'll start clearing up my affairs, and then, in a month or two, Italy. Thousands of miles away from this house. No more whispering, no more deceit. Oh, it'll be heaven, Gregory. You've been wonderful, my dear. Sometimes I can scarcely believe we'll never hear her knocking upstairs on the floor of her room again. Never hear her sharp voice. Never have that feeling of guilt when we look at her. I love you, Lisa. Do you remember how she used to walk around the house drawing the blinds if there was the least bit of sunshine to save the carpets? No air or sunlight ever seemed to get into this house. Yes, and how silently she used to do it. That's what I remember most, silent where she walked, her eyes always looking on the floor, yet seeing everything around her. It's going to take me a long time to believe she's dead. I don't think I will believe it until we get to Italy. <laughs> Menaggio! It's such a peaceful name, isn't it? I found a wonderful picture of it this morning in those travel booklets. Did you? Now, where did I put... Yes, the bureau. Look, here it is. Menaggio overlooking the waters of Lake Como. Surely the lake will never be as blue as that. It's impossible. Yes, it will be. And the poplars will be just as green. Look at the carving on that bridge. Mm, The vines trailing over it. Lovely. I wish we didn't have to use our money. If only we could go away now, straight away, couldn't we? You know, well, immediately after the funeral. Mm, come in. Excuse me, sir. That gentleman's back to see me, sir. Oh, very well. This way, please. Thank you. Mr. Martin. Good evening, sir. I hope you'll pardon this late call, but my business is urgent. It wouldn't wait till the morning. It's certainly rather late. Uh, please sit down. Thank you, sir. Oh, this is Miss Graham. Good evening, miss. Good evening. Well, Mr. Martin, you wish to see me about the bearers, I understand. Uh, no, sir. A private matter. Well, I'll take this dress up to my room. No, Mr. no, Martin. no. There's no need for you to go, Miss Graham. Uh, what is your business, Mr. Martin? You can speak in front of my secretary. Well, sir, it's rather a delicate matter. I hardly know how to begin. You sound very mysterious. Do I, sir? Well, I don't mean to be, but... Uh, Hadn't you better come to the point? I believe you've just lost your good lady, Mrs. Edwina Black. Yes. The funeral's tomorrow. Please accept my sympathy, sir. Thank you. I understand the lady had been ill for some time. It's about six months. Why do you ask? Well, it's like this, sir. Dr. Prendergast is worried about your wife's death certificate. It seems he regrets signing it. Regrets signing it? He's dissatisfied with the apparent cause of death, sir. So I've come to ask you to delay the funeral. What? Delay the funeral? It's a bit awkward, I'm afraid, but uh, it can't be helped, sir. But who are you to interfere like this? I'm a police officer, miss. A police officer? My card, sir. Inspector Martin, Scotland Yard. Yes, the home office got in touch with us and I was sent down to you. I can't think why they should send you here. Surely you can see the funeral can't be delayed now. Everything's arranged. I realize how you feel, sir, but I'm afraid it must be. Must be? Why? In order to discover the cause of your wife's death, sir. I believe Dr. Prendergast termed it a sudden death. 
He speaks of certain symptoms which now strike him as strange. Well, Dr. Prendergast is not only old and doddering, he's quite beyond his work. Oh, he admits that himself, sir. When he signed the death certificate, he'd just come from a maternity case which had taxed him considerably. Surely you're not suggesting that my wife died by other natural causes. Oh, don't. Let's put it that way, sir. Let's say the suggestion will always be there unless the matter's cleared up. If you stop the funeral, the whole village will gossip. It isn't fair to the late Mrs. Black or to Mr. Black. I'm only obeying instructions, miss. Forgive me, sir, but I'd like you to understand my position clearly. Yes, yeah, I, I do, I do, but I, I'm surprised that Scotland Yard wasting time and money sending you here. Believe me, sir, it's the last kind of job I'd choose if I had my way. The doctor's notions will have to be indulged for everybody's sake. As a sensible man, sir, you'll realize there's no other course left. And after all, a pathologist's report will ease everybody's mind. A pathologist's report? That sounds rather horrible, doesn't it? Depends how you look at it, miss. Well, I shall speak to Prendergast. I shall write him a note at once. I suppose if he admits that he's satisfied with the cause of death, that will satisfy you, Inspector? I'm afraid not, sir. It's out of my hands, no? You mean there's nothing I can do? Well, Post-mortem must be carried out. I realize how you feel, sir, but... You must remember that I'm only doing my duty. A question has been raised concerning Mrs. Black's death, and the law must know the answer. Even though the question is asked by a senile old man like Prendergast? Yes, sir. You know, as Mrs. Black's husband, I have certain rights in this matter. There are no rights involved, sir. It's simply a question of our satisfying ourselves that the cause of death is correctly stated. Well, I'm sorry I can't take it as calmly as you do, Inspector. I, I object most strongly. I, I won't allow a post-mortem. Don't you think you owe this post-mortem to your wife, sir, in the circumstances? To her memory? I should have stopped Prendergast attending my wife. A man's an ass. But it's, it's an awful situation. What excuse can I give to the vicar, the undertaker? Oh, don't you bother about that, sir. You leave it all to me. I'll make arrangements for everything done discreetly, sir. I think we can keep the matter quiet. The funeral can take place as soon as possible after the post-mortem, say the day after tomorrow. But what about all the people who are going to attend the funeral? Half the village will be there. It might give rise to the most awful rumours. Well, it might even be suggested... It's to stop any suggestion that we're having the post-mortem, sir. Well, I think that's all. <coughs> I won't keep you any longer, sir. Horses. Touring booklets. You're planning to go abroad, sir? Yes, for a holiday, Italy, as you see. For a touring agency, eh? I once had a trip with these people myself. My good lady came into a little money from her father, so we went to Paris. But you're going much further afield. Oh, no, I don't know, Inspector. I should probably do a great deal of travelling now. But it was stay at home, Miss Hilton. Nothing I like better than to potter about my bit of garden at Streatham. Well, I'll be off. I expect I'll have the report through by Thursday. You'll keep me informed, I suppose. I'll come down at once, sir. Good night, sir. Good night, Inspector. Uh, my apology if I've taken the matter rather badly. But you haven't, sir. You've taken it very well indeed. Very well indeed. Good night, miss. Good night. No, don't bother, sir. I can see myself now. That stupid fool of a doctor. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. You what? I knew Edwina would stop us. How can she stop us, Lisa? Now, do be reasonable. There's nothing to be frightened of. Why are you frightened? I don't know. That's the awful thing about it. I don't know. Oh, well, you're frightened, too. Nonsense. Why should I be frightened? She died a natural death. Yes, but she stopped us from going away. She might almost be sitting there laughing at us, telling us we can't escape her. For heaven's sake, control yourself, Lisa. There's nothing to be frightened of. The whole thing will be cleared up in a few days. But in the meantime, we must carry on as though Inspector Martin and the whole of Scotland Yard didn't exist. 
Now, will you promise me to do just that? Yes, I will. Good. Now, let's get back to business. Um, this letter from the bank, they wanted Weena's passbook. Uh, could you get it for me, dear? Oh, yes, it's upstairs. I'll bring it down. Lisa. Lisa, why are you gazing up the stairs like that? The passbook. It's in her room. I hate going there now. You're letting your imagination run away with you. I can't go up there. I can't. She's dead, Lisa. Can't you get that into your head? She's dead. Is she? It won't be if you take much more of it upstairs on your feet. Don't worry, ma'am. I'm being careful. You've been in and out of Miss Edwina's room 20 times this morning. Well, ma'am, I believe in being thorough. A job's worth doing. It's worth doing well. By the way, what's that Mr. Black I heard just now? No, it wasn't. I wonder where he is this morning. I've already told you I don't know. Regarding the sick room, ma'am, you're quite sure you moved nothing from it? You keep asking me that. I've already told you that nothing's been moved to my knowledge since her death. Except the things you took away the other day. You're certain, ma'am? I am, and the way you keep asking. My good lady always says I need telling everything six times, ma'am. She asks for it, marrying a policeman. Oh, good morning, miss. Good morning, Inspector. Weather looks uncertain, doesn't it, miss? I guess I have a wet journey home. I expect you want to see Mr. Black, Inspector. I imagine he must have gone down to the village. Oh, well, I no doubt he'll be back shortly. If you'll excuse me, I'll go upstairs just once again. Take another look at Miss Edwina's room. Oh, but feeling better, Miss? The vicar's wife was saying how upset you looked at the funeral. Of course. Well, so are you, Ellen. Naturally, Miss. I loved her. Is that you, Gregory? Yes, back at last, Lisa. It's quarter past twelve already. The morning's nearly over. The stonemason buttonholed me as I came through the village. You are eight wieners hardly buried three days before the old man's on my track. He proposes to erect an elaborate tombstone. Gregory, the inspector's here again. Oh? He's up in Edwina's room. Did he say anything? No. Well, the post-mortem took place four days ago. Surely he must know the result by now. Found the fellow. Hush, Gregory. He'll hear you. Well, I'm angry. I, I, I have the greatest respect for the police, but I prefer them in street corners, not in my house. How long has he been upstairs well, in Edwina's room? a long time. He's on and off for over half an hour. Why don't you go up and see him? Yes. No, I think I will. Well, no, perhaps it, it might look odd being so anxious. Well, it's natural for you to want to know you were her husband. Oh, do go up, Gregory. Look, uh, give him another five minutes. Come in. Excuse me, miss. It's your laundry, miss. She starched the collars better this week. Thank you, Ellen. <sighs> that policeman's upstairs again, sir. So I hear him. He appears to regard my house as a hotel. You've no right to let me think he was an undertaker. Well, he won't man. be here after today, Ellen. He seems very curious, doesn't he, sir? He's been asking me all sorts of questions. Indeed? What sort of questions? About the house and Miss Edwina. When you and she first married. I hope you didn't gossip. What could I gossip about, sir? Uh, no, no, nothing, of course. Only, but I meant that 
Well, your mistress was inclined to lose her temper and say the most unwarrantable things to us both, wasn't she? If she lost her temper with me, sir, she was always justified and... Hush, Ellen. The inspector's coming downstairs now. Poking his nose into her room. It's indecent. Morning, Inspector. Good morning, sir. I'll get along and prepare the lunch for two. Just a moment, ma'am. There's something I want to ask you. Me, sir? Yes. May I sit down, sir? Yes, do. Thank you. Rheumatism in my knee. <sighs> oh, it gets me when the wind's in the east. Now, ma'am. You were telling me just now that you acted as nurse to your mistress. And a very good nurse, I expect you were, too. I did my best, sir. And you'll be responsible for carrying out the doctor's instructions. Yes, sir. For example, you'd see that she had her medicine without fail. Of course, sir. No point in having doctors if you don't do what they say. A very reasonable attitude, ma'am. And by the same token, you might say there's no point in having policemen if you don't tell them the truth. Naturally, sir. Mr. Black thinks they cost enough anyway. Indeed, ma'am. Well, we'll see he gets his money's worth. Now, you're sure you always gave your mistress her medicine, night and morning, and that you never forgot once? Yes, sir. Then we have a little mystery, ma'am, because the post-mortem reveals no traces of medicine at all. Well, she had it, sir. I don't think you're quite telling me the truth. Not telling the truth? Science is very exact. If she had it, we'd have found traces of it. You ought to know better than to lie to the police, ma'am. Well, well, I... Yes? I, I tried to make her take it, sir, but she never would. She'd just pour it away... Once she ruined a bottle of toilet water by pouring it into that, and she made me promise not to tell the doctor or anyone. I see, ma'am. An obstinate invalid, eh? She didn't like the stuff, so she got rid of it. She used to say it tasted horrible. And I don't think it would have done her any good anyway. Well, ma'am, that solved my little mystery. And now I'll not keep you any longer from preparing your lunch for two. Yes, sir. Uh, Ellen... Perhaps the inspector would like some lunch. Oh, it's very kind of you, sir, but I have to catch the one five to Paddington. Now, I wouldn't say no to a cup of tea. Tea for the inspector, Ellen? Tea before lunch. Well, of course, if you say so, sir. A very spirited lady, sir. Inspector, I, I really cannot see it. It matters now whether my wife took her medicine or not. Well, sir, when there's a post-mortem, we get a report. And then every little detail has to be checked. Yes, I, I know what the official mind is like, but I hope that now you're satisfied and we've seen the end of it. The end, sir? I'm afraid you don't quite understand. It's more like the beginning. Beginning? Yes, sir. It's my unpleasant duty to tell you that we've discovered arsenic in your wife's body. Arsenic? Yes, arsenic. Good heavens, are you suggesting my wife died of poisoning? Well, that would be the inference, sir. Her medicine... Pentecost must have made a mistake in his dispensary. But you've just heard the housekeeper say that she never took her medicine. Well, she might have taken one dose, uh, an overdose. An overdose might make her ill, sir, but it wouldn't kill her. Besides, I've placed all the medicine bottles, found them in the local dust tip. In that case, Inspector, you must analyze them at once. Oh, but you see, Miss, they've been analyzed. Well, Inspector, well? The analysts found nothing in them save traces of medicine. Harmless medicine. No trace of arsenic at all? None. Which clears Dr. Prendergast of carelessness in his dispensary. Then your pathologist has made an error in the post-mortem. That's unlikely, miss. But if arsenic was found in her body, how did it get there? That's what we have to find out, miss. That's why I'm here again. You're making her death seem so strange. I, I don't like it, Inspector. It's disturbing. A few questions might answer. I'm answer. tired of your questions, Inspector. I know, sir, but I don't think you quite appreciate my position. I ought to put my point of view. Your wife dies suddenly. 
A post-mortem is carried out, and the report shows death to have been due to poisoning. I'm placed in charge of the investigation. Now, sir, if you were in my place, how would you set about the inquiry? Well, I... I, I... Yes, sir? Well, I suppose I should have to ask some questions. Exactly, sir. Mm, I apologize, Inspector. But what is it you want to know? Now, sir, there's a tid of weed killer in the greenhouse. Weed killer? Yes, sir. I understand you ordered it from the general stores in the village. Let me see. On the 2nd of October. It was delivered the same afternoon. Is it? Yes, that's quite right. I did order some. Are you suggesting that the weed killer was responsible for her death, Inspector? I can't say yet, miss. But the particular brand Mr. Black ordered contains a high percentage of arsenic. I see that tin in the greenhouse has been used, sir. Yes. We've always used weed killer here. My wife is very particular about the gravel piles. When was it last used in the garden? I afraid I can't remember that. Uh, no, I simply can't remember. Do you mean Mrs. Black was accidentally poisoned by this weed killer, Inspector? We'll hope. Accidentally, miss. Uh, uh, wait a minute, Inspector. Yes, sir? If there's no doubt about the poison, then have you considered the possibility that perhaps my wife... I mean, she was suffering from the strain of her illness... I don't know quite how to put this, I'm afraid. I, I mean... Suicide? No, sir. Impossible. How could she have risen and gone to the greenhouse where you keep the stuff? The tin was only delivered after she was forced to take to her bed. The doctor's words bear me out there. He says she couldn't stand on her feet. Oh, no, she was far too ill. We know that. And no one in their senses would have taken the stuff up to her, would they? No, of course not. And there's not the slightest trace of any arsenic or substance in her room. I'm afraid it can only point to one conclusion. Someone in this house must have... Well, your wife couldn't have taken her stuff herself, could she, sir? Someone in this house? Someone in this house. But who? Well, there's the housekeeper. Though I hear she was deeply attached to her mistress. Eleanor, she was devoted to her, almost like a sister. Old ladies, in spite of devotion, have been known to commit serious crimes, Miss Eden. Oh, but not Ellen. The idea is utterly ridiculous. What do you say, sir? Do you think the old lady had a motive? Well, the will hasn't been read yet, but we know she was left a small annuity, but it's silly to suppose that Ellen would do anyone an injury to get it. Exactly, sir. The motive isn't large enough. You mean... Yes, sir? You mean Mr. Black has a larger motive since he will inherit the fortune? Good heavens! Do you mean that, Inspector? I don't mean anything yet, sir. But you said... Please, put yourself in my place But haven't you forgotten another possibility? Have I, Miss? Now, what would that be? Well, Mrs. Bloom, who helped nurse Mrs. Black for several weeks. I haven't forgotten her, Miss. Do you think she had a motive for poisoning Mrs. Black? Mr. Black dismissed her for thieving, and I heard her say something about paying him out for it. That's true, isn't it, Mr. Black? I did hear her say that. Yes, it's quite true, Inspector. I caught the woman stealing some of my books. I, I had to dismiss her. But you doubt if she'd poison your wife in revenge, sir. Yes, quite frankly, I do. Oh, she might have done it to get you into trouble. Some women would do anything. Do you sincerely believe that, miss? No, of course I don't. It's quite ridiculous. But if she didn't do it, then... Mrs. Black must have died by accident, or your man at Scotland Yard has made a mistake in the laboratory. We may make mistakes at Scotland Yard, miss, but not in the laboratory. But are you seriously suggesting that I would deliberate... Well, good heavens, Inspector, this is too unreasonable for words. Unreasonable, sir. But do you really believe I poisoned my wife? I have no belief, sir. I'm here simply putting my point of view. Well, your point of view may be quite natural, Inspector, but you're wasting your time if you try to connect my wife's death with me. If she did die of poison. Yes, if she did die of poison. She died of poisoning, sir. However, let's go back a few weeks before Mrs. Black's death. I'd like to know something of her habits, her daily routine. 
Did you see your wife that morning, sir? Morning of her death? Yes, naturally. How was she? Well, pale, restless, the same as she'd been for several weeks. Did she complain of anything? No more than usual. I mean, she spoke naturally enough of the monotony of lying in bed on a sunny day. Now, miss, as the lady's companion, will you tell me something of her daily routine? Well, it's very simple. I mean, that is when she took to her bed four or five months ago. Every morning at eight o'clock, I would have to brush her hair. Say, from 8 to 8.15? No, much longer. She liked me to brush it very, very slowly. Uh, what time did she breakfast? Well, the tray came up at half past 8. She always had tea and toast. And uh, preserves? Honey. There's always honey. Do you know if it was kept apart from the rest of the household preserves? No, Ellen would take it from the same jar. Hmm. And uh, after breakfast, miss? Well, at 10 o'clock, Ellen and I would go up to her room and she'd give us our orders for the day. In my case, letters and little shopping necessities, books, flowers for her room and so on. And then, miss? Well, I'd read to her every afternoon. Yes, she'd like to keep in touch with the fashion notes and also the latest novels. And in the evening, miss? She'd have a light dinner, then Mr. Black would come up and, of course, I would go. Yeah. How did Mrs. Black call anyone when she wanted attention? By a bell? No. She would knock from upstairs on the floor with a stick. A carved ebony stick? Her room is... It was uh, over this one. And you go at once? Yes. Well, often she'd not want anything at all. I see. Now, sir, about stimulants. Did your wife ever take any wine, for instance? Um, well... Yes, sir? Well, I have to admit that she was sometimes a little indiscreet. She drank, sir? No, no. That's not the way I'd care to put it. She was a little careless, perhaps. She tried to insist on this particular habit when she took to her bed, but Prendergast wouldn't allow it. Uh, no, Inspector, my wife didn't have any stimulants during her illness. She have anything to drink, apart from tea and so on? A cup of warm milk every morning at 11 o'clock. Who generally took it up? Ellen. Did she take it up on the morning in question? I think so. Are you certain, Miss? Well, if she says so, of course she is. Oh, I'm, I'm wrong. I took it up that morning. Oh. Oh, uh, by the way, miss, uh, did you get on quite well with your mistress? Yes, of course I did. Perfectly. Oh, sir. Now, sir, about that weed killer, is the greenhouse locked at night? Yes. And the keys kept hanging in the hall. Now, I want you to think very hard, sir. Can you recall who was last in the greenhouse on the night before your wife died? Ellen. Yes, I, I remember distinctly. Ellen. You're absolutely certain it was Ellen? Absolutely. Uh, I see in my book I've made a note that uh, Ellen is under the impression that someone else locked the greenhouse door that night when I asked her very tactfully. She said Miss Graham watered some plants. I did? In the greenhouse? Oh, she says, Miss. Did you, Miss Graham? Well, I must have done if Ellen says so. Did you notice whether the tin of weed killer was in its usual place, Miss, on the shelf? No, I, I didn't notice. I can't say. Well, I thought perhaps as you were the last but there. How could it is, Elizabeth? I mean, Miss Graham, no, it would turn out to be so important. And your wife died the next morning at about 12 o'clock, sir. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's anything else at the moment. I'm sorry we delayed you from taking your holiday, sir. I hope you'll soon bring your inquiries to an end. I'm anxious to leave Amberwood in a week or two. But you wouldn't want to go with Mrs. Black's death not satisfactorily explained, would you, sir? No, no, of course I wouldn't want to do that. You were going to, um, Egypt, wasn't it? No, Italy. Ah, yes, of course I saw those touring booklets, didn't I? Were you, uh, going alone, sir? Why do you ask? Oh, just curiosity, sir. 
Well, I, I... I don't know yet. They make those booklets very attractive, don't they? Those you had were ordered some time ago, I believe. I remember noticing the date when they were sent out. Travel agency always rubber stamps them before posting, as you probably noticed. Those you had were sent here uh, about um, five weeks before the lady's death. Really? Yes, yes, that's quite right. I don't mind telling you, sir. That puzzled me a bit. Why? Well, five weeks in advance of the lady's death seems a little pessimistic. Pessimistic? What do you mean? Oh, nothing, sir, really. Just that it was fortunate you had those booklets already... I ordered those booklets in advance because I'd often thought of going abroad. But you didn't order them, sir. I beg your pardon? You sent for them, miss, didn't you? Yes, I did. Why have you been asking me, Inspector? Why hide the fact that you knew Miss Graham had sent for them? You've been making strange suggestions because they were ordered five weeks in advance of my wife's death. You've been making quite a mystery out of it. Why? Not at all, sir. I merely imagine Miss Graham sent for them at your request as a secretarial duty, sir. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Half past twelve. Time line is off. Inspector, Mr. Black did not order me to send for those booklets. I got them on my own initiative. Well, you were very wise, Miss, getting them so well in advance. Very wise, as it happened. Oh, my apologies for having to bother you again this morning, but that greenhouse was worrying me, and who was there last? Well, I'm off to London now. I should be back tomorrow morning, sir. Should I rob you require me? Why should we require you, Inspector? Oh, good now, sir. You may discover something that I've overlooked. Overlooked? Overlooked. Well, good day to you, sir. Good day, miss. This is the last batch of exercise books I shall ever correct. Now that I'm free of the school, I can't think what possessed me to enter the teaching profession. Uh, Lisa, push the lamp a little nearer, will you? You need so much light for your sewing. Oh, I hate this room. So many drafts, so many shadows. Mm, that's better. Ellen back here. I want to ask her for those housekeeping accounts. No, she, well, she's probably staying at the vicarage until after the rain stops. Mm, no doubt discussing Edwina's qualities with the vicar's housemaid. Overlooked. Hmm? What did you say, my dear? I wonder what Inspector Martin meant when he said that before he left this morning. I don't know, my dear. Something we'd overlooked. No, he questioned Ellen again about Edwina's food. We mustn't keep discussing it, Elizabeth. You can't dismiss it like a boy dismissed from class. It's here in the house with us, not letting us rest. Like this rain, it goes on and on. You really must try not to think about it, my dear. It's three days since they buried her. Only three days. Seventy-two hours, thousands of minutes. <laughs> now, I've never been aware of minutes before. Gregory, what could we have overlooked? Do you keep talking about it, Lisa. Are you as calm as you pretend? Of course. Yes, of course I am. I keep starting a little task like this piece of sewing, and suddenly I find myself staring at it, and five minutes have gone by, and I haven't made a stitch, Gregory. 
Miss Rain, all the flowers on her grave will be ruined. Lisa, you must control your thoughts. Discipline yourself. I can't. I keep seeing the inspector's face, the way he looked at me when he was talking of those wretched booklets. He must have guessed I was going to Italy with you. Well, if he already believes we're lovers, then his knowledge about our trip to Italy can't make much difference, can it? No, I suppose it can't. Oh, dear. My thoughts go round and round in a circle. It's all so confusing. And how I've always hated confusion. Elizabeth, come sit here beside me. That's better. Now, try to keep your mind on Italy, on Menaggio. I, I'm certain we'll be there in less than three weeks. Incidentally, let's stop in Paris for a day or two. You'll need clothes and hats, and I, I've always wanted to buy you a necklace, a pearl necklace. What do you say, Greg? Please, aren't you listening to me? What a way to treat a man who wants to buy you a pearl necklace. I, I thought I heard something. Oh, impossible. We're alone in the house. I'm sure I heard a sound upstairs. Rubbish, my dear. It's only your imagination. Now, about those pearls, I think... He said, why don't you listen to me? You remember how she would knock on the floor towards the last, beginning very softly and then thumping more and more. You must forget her, Lisa. Every room, every corridor is alive with her. Every inch of the house. Her things, the things she chose, they belong to her and speak of her. We'll never get rid of her, Gregory. Lisa, remember the first time I spoke to you about us? <laughs> that time in the garden when Edwin had gone to the village. <laughs> you came over and straightened my tie, remember? You pushed the hair off my forehead and you said, Gregory, you're helpless. Why can't you keep tidy? I didn't say that, did I? So long ago I've forgotten. Why did I seem so helpless, Lisa? I think because you were lonely. I was lonely, too. But although it started with pity, you did fall in love with me, didn't you? Yes, Gregory. And I don't mind so much. Pity alone isn't very heroic, is it? I wasn't a very romantic figure, was I? You even mistook me for the gardener when you came out to drive that first day. <laughs> well, you let me think you were the gardener. You wore the ugliest hat I've ever seen. You had a rose in it as large as a cabbage, a really vulgar rose. It may have been, but it was very fashionable. How Edwina stared because we laughed when we were first introduced to each other. You know, I was very nervous of her. You didn't show it. I wasn't going to let another woman see how I felt. Oh, certainly not Edwina. You see, at that time, I was quite impressed by her, by her clothes and her jewels. You know, in all the houses where I've worked, I've always pictured myself as the mistress. I would tell myself how money, luxury, travel must give one a feeling of such confidence. Money can do other things, too. In the hands of someone else, it can be a, a weapon, a reason for telling you 50 times a day that you're fortunate to have servants, a comfortable home, when your salary as a schoolmaster is only 125 pounds a year. Didn't you see what she was like when you first met her? Lonely men are often blind, Lisa. Oh, I suppose she told you her money didn't matter, that it was a gift given with a full heart. Oh, she was so easy to read, wasn't well, she? She's gone now. She can't hurt us anymore. We said we were going to be happy. We are. You do believe that, don't you? Oh, it's hard to think of happiness it's for no all... no use worrying, my dear. Something will soon turn up to prove the whole thing a mistake. Of course it will. We're together, aren't we? We have each other, haven't we? Yes, we have each other. Which is the only safe thing left. Gregory, that was the door of Edwina's room. No, it couldn't be. It was, I'm sure of it. You don't nonsense. Oh, she's clinging to the house she loved. Well, that door's locked. I locked it myself. <laughs> Now, Ellen's left the box room door open. You know how careless she is. <laughs> well, how could it have been Edwina's door? She's dead and buried. No, no, it couldn't have been her door, could it? 
My dear, you're trembling. My nerves have been dreadful since Inspector Martin came here. Silly to let him upset you so much. I can't help it, Gregory. You've got no reason to be nervous of him. He's just an ordinary man carrying out his duty. Why should it upset you? You've got nothing to conceal. Silly of me. I know it's silly. It isn't as if you have anything to conceal. He's just an ordinary man, a homely, ordinary man, just a man who likes pottering about in a garden. I expect he has a wife who's ordinary, too. Why are you so nervous of him? I think it's because he's ordinary that he frightens me. You know, when I was little, I had a doll. It's an ordinary doll with a smiling face. One day, the gardener's boy was clipping a hedge. He cut his finger and some blood dropped on my doll's face. Oh, I screamed. She suddenly changed, suddenly become frightening. Just as the ordinary things in this house are changing, just as the inspector... I must stop this. Oh, what made me think of that doll? can't imagine why the inspector should frighten you so much. He's ordinary, yet there's something behind his eyes. Perhaps it's power I see there. Power of what he represents. For the first time in my life, I can feel the whole weight of the law behind that ordinary man. Surely... The inspector can't believe we had anything to do with Edwina's death. Surely he can't. We said we wouldn't talk about it anymore. No. I must get on with my corrections. Uh, shall I help you? Give me some of the exercise books. Mm. There you are. It's composition. I gave them the French Revolution as a subject. Uh-huh. Well, I know a little about it. The French found the guillotine very useful for cutting with... <laughs> Master Smith understates a little, doesn't he? Louis the Sixteenth and Marie Antoinette, spelt wrongly, and the Constitution, spelt wrongly. <laughs> you want me to correct the spelling as well as the English? Do you want me to correct... Gregory, why are you looking at me like that? What do you mean? You must control your imagination, Elizabeth. Yes, I know I must. I'm giving way far too much. No, we've done nothing wrong. They've just made a mistake, a dreadful mistake. That pathologist made an error. Yes, of course, of course. Oh, who'd want to poison her? Mrs. Bloom, Ellen, why should they? And who else is there? Nobody. But us. We know we didn't do it, so there it is. Oh, only, if only they can find out so they... Well, that we can leave this house. Listen to the rain. Will it never stop? Nobody but us. Was the execution of Marie Antoinette 1793 or 83? 93. I thought so. Lisa. Yes? What made you send for those travel booklets? I don't know. I just happened to. I've often sent for such things. You know, I've always wanted to travel so much. Yes. Why do you mention them? Well, it's just an idle remark. Gregory, what are you thinking? Why did you send for them so early? Early? Did I know Edwina was going to die in five weeks? Gregory, what is in your mind? No, nothing. Why do you say that? Because you spoke to me as if you were the inspector. Oh, don't be so silly, Elizabeth. You even looked at me as you did, as if I were lying. Lisa! Yes, lying! Now, why did I say that? Why did you make me say that? I... Only meant it must have seemed odd to the inspector you're sending for them weeks before her death. I think you mean you found it odd, Gregory. You're, you're twisting my words. No. You had the thought that I... Oh, good heavens, surely it's not possible. No. You're, you're, you're twisting my words, Elizabeth. 
Why shouldn't you send for them early? It's perfectly natural. You've always been interested in travel, and your nervousness is only caused by this house. By the way, she still seems to haunt us, isn't it? Well, why don't you answer me? You're not nervous for any other reason, are you? I, I can't believe there's anything in what the inspector suggests. It couldn't have been premeditation that made you send... Could it? Why do you sit there just gazing at me? Why don't you tell me I'm wrong? Lisa, she was in her way, wasn't she? I, I don't like saying that, but she was, wasn't she? And you saw how much I needed you. And because you loved me... Lisa, did you? Don't answer me. If you did, I, I'll understand. I love you, Lisa. I love you. I must know. You believe I killed your wife. You believe I poisoned her? How dare you doubt me like this? Do you realize what you're saying? Do you think I would be capable of murder? No, don't use that word, Lisa. Please don't use that word. What you're accusing me of, murder. Yes. A woman could do it because she loved him anyhow. Besides, I hated Edwina. Yes, Gregory, I hated her. And I wouldn't let you see it. She was cruel. She was horribly cruel. Always making me aware of my place. Always patronizing me in front of her friends. My companion, Miss Graham, such a household treasure. I'm not accusing you, but she was poisoned, and in this house... And there's only the two of us, isn't there? You and me. The inspector thinks one of us did it. It's no use trying to deceive me, Gregory. You really believe I did it, that I did it because I loved you. Gregory, how can you accuse me? How can I'm you? I'm not, my dear, I'm not, but... All last night, all day, I, I, I kept telling myself something would happen to prove it, it was a mistake, and... And just now, I couldn't any longer. It is a mistake, Gregory. Please say it is a mistake. Please say I could. Say it. I, I wish I could believe the pathologist was wrong, but I can't any longer. My brain won't let me anymore. My brain tells me she was poisoned. And if she was, who did it? I swear to you, I didn't do it. Very well. Now let's forget all about it. It's nine o'clock. We haven't had anything to eat. We can't go on accusing each other like this. But I haven't accused you, Gregory. Helen left everything ready on a tray before she went out. So we might as well dine in here where there's a fire. I'll tear away my books and things. It's not raining so hard now. Hold the door open for me, please. Let me take the tray while you put on the cloth. Thank you. Lisa, can't you forget what I said? It wasn't my fault. It was this house. It's affecting us somehow, making us say things we don't mean. It's alive with malice. She's alive, Gregory. Only in our minds, Lisa. I feel at any moment she may quietly walk down those stairs again, smiling as she used She's to. She's only in your mind, Lisa. Why should we think of her? We know we didn't kill her, either of us. Oh, trust me, Lisa. Surely you can trust me. Yes, people can't change so suddenly not people you love. And now you must eat, my dear. It's nearly an hour past your usual time. Now sit down at the table. Uh, I'm not hungry. It's picnic fashion, I'm afraid. I told Ellen not to bother. See, cold chicken salad, mm, a trifle I made for you myself. Oh, shouldn't have bothered. Cheese and biscuits would have done. But you like trifle. Gregory, I wonder what would have happened... If we told Edwina. Told her what? About us. 
You never wanted to do that, did you? No, what would have happened? There have been the most dreadful scenes. I should have had to leave the school. Yes, you had no money, and Edwina was ill, I know. Compromise. It's always compromise. It's not fair of you, Lisa. Why did you never change her doctor? Well, you know, she'd never have anyone but Prendergast. Her faith in him was pathetic. But you should have insisted. Well, surely it was kinder to let her have him if she wished. There was no hope of saving her. It was only a question of time. Yes, perhaps a year, two years. That's a very long time. Did you know she was leaving you her money? Yes, but don't go on like this, my dear. You're worrying again. Yes. Lisa, we said we'd trust each other. I'll make some coffee. No, I don't want any tonight. But it's already on the stove. It won't take a moment. Oh, very well. No, it isn't mocha. It isn't that awful stuff from the village store. You know, I can't drink that. Well, I'm afraid we're out of mocha. What does Ellen do with it? Ellen? You should say Mrs. Bloom. She hasn't stolen from the kitchen, too, has she? I should have prosecuted that woman. I was far too lenient. You should have done it months ago. Well, I would have done it if I'd known she was stealing from the sick room. Sick room? Hmm, I told you. I saw her take a brooch from Edwina's jewel box and put it into the pocket of her cloak on the very morning Edwina died. No, you didn't tell me. Well, I thought I had. So much happened that day, I must have forgotten. Gregory, you say you saw Mrs. Bloom take a brooch from Edwina's jewel box and put it in the pocket of her cloak. Hmm, I just told you so. On the morning Edwina died? Yeah, in the sick room. But you were only in the sick room twice. Once when I was there at ten o'clock with Mrs. Bloom, and not again until Ellen called you to the bedside at twelve. Yeah, I was in the sick room twice. What of it? I gave Edwina her milk at eleven o'clock. If you saw Mrs. Bloom in her cloak, then she must have been leaving the house at half past eleven as usual, after I gave Edwina the milk, and before Ellen called you at twelve. Why won't you stop talking about it, Lisa? I want an answer, Gregory. Now, please don't put me off like this. What is your reason for not telling me you were in the sick room after I gave her the cup of milk? Well, the explanation is quite simple. Edwina was dead when I went up to the sick room. Dead? At half past eleven? Yes. Don't you believe me? No. Lisa, listen to me. Why don't you help me instead of disbelieving everything I say? We're lost if we go on like this. Why don't you help me? Gregory, if you killed her, then you've destroyed every hope we have. Every hope. How could we live together, love each other with death between us? But I'm innocent, Lisa. You've got to believe me. Gregory, you swear you're innocent. Yes, Lisa. I, I, I swear to you I didn't kill her. I, I, I swear it on the Bible. Look, here's Edwina's Bible. Lisa, I swear I did not kill my wife. Oh, Gregory, please forgive me. You shouldn't have doubted me. How could you imagine I could kill anyone? I'm just a simple man, my dear. Murderers aren't like me. You know they can't be. Lisa, what's the matter? I know I can hear something this time. No, no, it, it can't be. You can hear it too. Ellen! Ellen, what are you doing upstairs? What are you doing with that stick? This stick, sir? I just went up to fetch it. Didn't you promise it to the vicar's wife as a keepsake from Miss Edwina? I forgot it, sir, when I went down to the village earlier. When did you come back? I didn't know you were back. I got home just before the rain started. So I went to her room at once, in case I forgot the stick again. I've been sitting there remembering her. It was so very quiet. 
We never set her clock again. That's why I suppose. You shouldn't have come down like that, Ellen. You've startled us. Did I, sir? I know I shouldn't have sat there so long. But it was so quiet, what with the clock still standing at twelve. Just as I stopped at the morning she lay dying. Stop the clock, you say. In case it chimed the hour. I wanted her to have peace while while she do you remember, sir? How still and peaceful it was in the room when I did that. And how my Miss Edwina just looked at us. That's enough, Ellen. I'm sorry, sir. I'll just put this stick in the hall stand. The vicar's wife is sending a girl for it tomorrow. Shall I make you some coffee or cocoa, sir? No, thanks. Very good, sir. Good night. Damned old fool. No, I, I, I can't work. Come and sit by me, Lisa. And let's talk about our tour to Italy. No. What is it? What is it? You said Edwina was dead when you went up at half past eleven, but she wasn't. Ellen's just said she stopped the clock at twelve when Edwina lay dying, dying, not dead. Edwina was alive when you went into her room at half past eleven. What were you doing in that missing half hour? Lisa, if you loved me, you couldn't talk like that. I, I, I never harmed her, Lisa. I'd never kill a human being. How could I? Gregory, will you tell the inspector about your visit to the sick room? You really want me to do that? An innocent man would do it. I see. You want me to shoulder the blame for her death because you're afraid of the police. Yes. Yes, you want me to be guilty. You should have been more honest with me. You should have confessed it when I asked you. You poisoned her. What? You poisoned her because you've always wanted luxury. You've always wanted to be the mistress of a large establishment. You killed my wife for it, and now you want me to take the blame. What do you say? You'd do anything to get what you want. I believe you'd even poison me. Poison me? Yes. Why not with this food? It'd be easier for you, wouldn't it? Because everything has gone wrong. It'd be easier for you if I were to die tonight. Easier for me? Yes. You could say I'd committed suicide because I'd murdered my wife and was afraid now that the police were making inquiries. You'd be safe if they thought that, wouldn't you? What do you say? I'm not trying to poison you. But no doubt you want me to swear that on the Bible, too. Yes, look, look. Shall I swear on the Bible, too? Lisa, I... Gregory! This isn't a Bible at all. It's not a Bible. It's a Latin primer. But I... I thought it was a Bible. Both the covers are black. I, I thought... You knew it wasn't. You swore to me on that, that you didn't kill her. Were you afraid to swear in a Bible because you knew you were going to tell a lie? No, no, Lisa. You did kill her. You told me lie after lie. You must believe me. Lie after lie. I won't have you say that. You, you hear? Don't shout at me. I'm not one of your schoolboys. You're trying to dominate me as she did. How dare you say that? To think that you could smile at me and let me kiss you while you were planning what you were going to do. You could be in my arms and think of murder. Oh, there are worse crimes than murder. You've shown me that. I've been poisoned too. Poisoned by your lies, your talk of Italy, your lovemaking that meant nothing at all. You said I was the only woman in the world for you. Together we'd have a glorious future. Lies, lies, lies. You talk of love to me, Elizabeth. What was it for you but an escape from poverty? I should have known that a man who was capable of living on his wife's money was capable of anything. I did not live on my wife's money. You were content to let her keep you, weren't you? It's not the truth. No. I had my own salary. £125 a year. Did it pay for your servants, your luxurious surroundings, your expensive clothes? How dare you throw that in my face just as she did? It's all true, that's why... She only had to raise a little finger. You came running like a little pet dog. You've never looked at yourself honestly all your life. You've only seen what you wanted to see. You damned. Because then you'd have known you were only a sentimental, weak coward, a silly little schoolmaster who couldn't even control his own boys. You could say that to me after making love to me. 
You made love to me. Indeed. And I succeeded very easily, didn't I? <coughs> Lisa! Gregory, I didn't mean to strike you like that, but... Very well. Now I will tell you why I lied and said Edwina was dead when I went up to the sick room. I'll tell you the truth. The truth from you? This is the truth. Look at me. I said, look at me. When I went up to the sick room at half past eleven, Edwina told me you were trying to be rid of her. She said she thought she'd seen you putting something in her milk. Why should she tell you such a lie? Well, I thought then that she was simply trying to make trouble between us. You mean she knew about us? She knew all the time? Yes. You'd always comforted yourself by saying that Edwina never knew. I didn't want to take that comfort away from you. I should have told you from the beginning that she knew about us. I wish you had. It would have been easier. I told myself she was only talking nonsense about the milk, but when the inspector came and I, I started thinking about those booklets, I thought perhaps you might have done it for my sake. I didn't do it, Gregory. You believe that, don't you? Yes. Certainly Edwina's suggestion. It, it made everything so sinister. Oh, I'd be silly to let Edwina come between us like this. You know, we're grown-up people and we behave like children. I was cruel to you, my dear. Gregory Black, whom the boys defy, uh, just as you said they no, don't. that was a vile thing to say. It isn't true. It is true. But I'm going to change, my dear. I'm going to be strong. And you're going to help me. Yes. We'll not worry about the inspector. Oh, we'll not worry any longer. <laughs> we'll laugh about it, my darling. <laughs> I even thought you'd poison this trifle. No, no, it's funny, don't you see? <laughs> well, I'll never make you another trifle as long as I live. Oh, it's wonderful to be laughing again. Look, this calls for a grand gesture. Ah. We'll drink to it. We'll drink to Menaggio. I'll get the port and two glasses from the cupboard. You know, I never touch port. Well, you're going to touch it this time. Don't argue, my love. This is a special occasion. Oh, Gregory, you're right. I won't argue. That's better. There's a glass for you. Now, will you give the toast? Yes, Gregory. I drink to Italy, the sunlight, and Menaggio. Gregory, why aren't you drinking? Well, stop gazing in your glass and drink to Menaggio. Just see you on the terrace, standing beside me near the green poplars and the blue water. And we're going to be happy at last, Lisa. Happy at last. It'll be the end of worry for both of us. Both, thank heaven. Then drink to it. Why aren't you drinking? Is there something wrong with this port? Gregory! I didn't know you were out this early in the garden, sir. I've been down to the village, Ellen, to fetch Prendergast, so I came back across the fields. How is she now? She fell asleep about half past eight, sir, after she got over another turn of sickness. I'll close the window, if you don't mind, sir. These early mornings are far too cold for me. The Prendergast was out on the case. His wife said she'd send him up directly he got home. Have you done everything you can for her? As much as I can, sir. I'm not a doctor, sir. But do you think she really needs a doctor? I'm not likely to know what's wrong with her, sir. 
She's as white as a sheet. But then, who isn't after sickness? She didn't say much to me, too old to speak, I suppose, sir. But her eyes, she kept staring into space like anyone seeing a ghost, as if she was scared. Is there anything I can do? Nothing at all, sir. She'll be all right for a few minutes, even if she wakes. Uh, Ellen. Yes, sir? What did you do with the other glass of port that was left on the table when we took Miss Graham upstairs last night? I threw it away down the sink. You shouldn't have done that. I, I, I wanted it. Miss Graham kept saying something about the port being bad. Some nonsense about poison. As if port could turn poisonous even if it was bad. It seems a little unlikely, doesn't it? That's what I said. Well, if that'll be all, sir. Yes, that's all. Thank you, Ellen. Very good, sir. I'll go and make the beef tea. What are you doing with that bottle, Gregory? Lisa. Uh, I, I thought you were too ill to leave your room. I am ill, but I've strength enough to come downstairs to be here when the inspector arrives. You remember, he said he'd be coming this morning. I haven't forgotten. I've made up my mind. I'm going to tell him the truth. I'm going to tell him that you murdered your wife and then tried to poison me. You realize that bottle of port is poison, don't you? Yes. Then put it on the table. The inspector will want it. I was going to. All these months. I never knew you. All these months. Well, here he is. Yes. You will have your wish now, Elizabeth. You'll be able to denounce me to him. He'll believe you, too. You're clever enough to make him believe you. Where are you going? Upstairs. Oh, no, you're not. For once in your life, you shan't run away. I'm not running away. You run away all your life. This time, you can't do it. This is something you've got to face. Come in. Excuse me, sir. Oh, you're up, miss. Yes, Ellen, I'm up. It's Mr. Martin, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Good morning, sir. Good morning, miss. I hear you've been ill. I'm sorry. Yes, I am ill, Inspector. But not as dangerously as I might have been. Oh, I'm pleased to hear it, miss. May I sit down, sir? I've been all round the village since before eight o'clock this morning. Uh, hasn't done my rheumatism any good. Far too much exercise. Inspector, Mr. Black has something to tell you. Have you, sir? Well, there's just one question. I want to ask Miss Graham, first of all, then we'll hear what it is. Now, miss, how often do you go to the chemist in the village? Very seldom. Now, I want you to cast your mind back to last April. You went there, you bought some soap and some tooth powder... Can you remember buying anything else? Well, of course I can't. It's so long ago. But, Inspector, you'll see that all this is a waste of time when you hear what Mr. Black has to say. I think it was about the second week in April. I told you, I can't remember. Well, that's a pity, miss. Pity. Perhaps later on you might be able to recall it. Inspector. Yes, miss? Last night I was nearly killed. Really, miss? I was given a glass of port from that bottle. Port isn't usually considered very lethal, miss. Well, this port is different. This port. Gregory... Tell him about the port. Well, sir, what about the port? Gregory. Now, sir, tell me about this port. Well, it, it's poisoned. Indeed, sir. How do you know? I was violently ill after being given a glass of it. Who gave you a glass of poison port, miss? Mr. Black. It was perfectly harmless as far as I knew. Well, I had a glass as yes, well. You didn't drink yours. Inspector, he poured out two glasses and he made me drink mine first. It was only sheer chance that I didn't drink it. Now, I'm afraid, Inspector, I must tell you that, in my opinion, Miss Graham poisoned that port herself. 
She took just enough to make herself ill. No more. Just enough to make me look guilty when she accused me of murder. That's a very serious charge. Inspector, he knows I didn't do it. Now, you each had a glass and only one of you drank. Well, where's the untouched glass? Uh, Ellen threw it away. When did you last have a glass of porter? Not for several weeks. And you, miss? I've never had a glass before in this house. Sir, bearing in mind that the housekeeper's tea total and that the late Mrs. Black was forbidden by the doctor to drink, that bottle would have been in the house for some time. Yes. Are you absolutely certain of that, sir? Yes. Then how is it that when I called at your wine merchant this morning, I was told that a large number of bottles of port came into this house during the last six months? Well, I knew nothing about it. And you can't throw any light on it either, miss? No. Hmm. Well, we'd better have asked the housekeeper... I'll ring if you don't mind. Inspector, this is a complete waste of time. Isn't it obvious? He was giving his wife poisoned port. And what motive would you give Mr. Black for doing that, miss? He knew he was going to inherit her money. Did he? But you see, that's not strictly true. Not true? No, miss. I called on Mrs. Black's solicitor this morning. I understand he's coming here tomorrow for the reading of the will. He told me a most interesting fact. That you, miss, inherit a half of Mrs. Black's fortune. I? Yes, miss. No, it's not true. Quite true, miss. It can't be. Did Mrs. Black ever say anything to you about it? I did say one day she'd make me wealthy, but I thought she was just talking nonsense or playing one of her cruel jokes. You never told me, Elizabeth. Why didn't you tell me? Well, now you see, Inspector, there is a motive. A motive? Oh, yes, sir, we have a motive. But you're forgetting something. Forgetting something? You come into the other half of the fortune, so you have a motive too, sir. I wonder what's happened to that housekeeper... You know, miss, I hope you won't mind my saying so, but you have very attractive hands. Think I notice hands. What have my hands got to do with it? Nothing, miss, nothing. But they're so shapely and white. Beats me how you ladies keep them like that. One of those feminine secrets, I suppose. Come in. You rang, sir? Uh, the inspector wishes to ask you a question, Ellen. Oh, yes, sir. It's about the port, ma'am. I'm teetotal, sir. So I understand. And a very excellent thing, too, ma'am. I can't help, then, can I? Ah, but I think you can, ma'am. In the past six months, a considerable amount of port's come into this house, and I'm trying to discover what's happened to it. How should I know? I don't keep the key of the cupboard. I doubt whether this port was ever kept long enough to be put in a cupboard. Did you ever give any of it to the late Mrs. Black? Give her port, sir? Why, the doctor said strictly forbidden it. But you never took any notice of the doctor, ma'am. You told me in this house only a week ago that Mrs. Black never took her medicine, that she used to pour it away, and that you knew it. That was different, sir. Now, ma'am, I don't want any nonsense. You can go to prison for telling lies, you know. Is that understood? Yes, sir. Have you ever seen that bottle before? I don't know, sir. Have you or haven't you? I might have done. Where did you see it? I found it in Mrs. Black's room the morning she died... She used to hide it away from the doctor. I brought it down and put it in the cupboard over there. You brought it down? Yes, sir. So you did give Mrs. Blackport a lot of it? I wouldn't have given it to her, sir, but she used to crave for it. And it brought the colour back into her cheeks and made her feel so much better. You come into a nice little annuity by her death, ma'am. I suggest you might have tampered with that last bottle of port. Tampered with it, sir? I'm trying to discover how Mrs. Black died. You mean... Oh, what a wicked thing to say. As if I would have harmed her. Besides, Mr. Black knew she was having the port, sir. It's not true, Oh, yes, it is, sir. Did you ever see Mr. Black take it upstairs? No, sir, but he knew it was coming into the house. He knew that. That'll be all, thank you, ma'am. Yes, sir. 
as if I would have harmed her, as if I would have harmed her. Now, Mr. Blank, why did you tell me your wife didn't have any stimulants during her illness? Well, I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want anyone to realize that I sometimes had to give in to her. She kept at me day after day until I did give in. And you allowed her, Paul, knowing it was dangerous in her condition? What did he care about that? It was just an easy method of giving her the weed killer. I did not touch that weed killer. Inspector, is there any need to prolong this? You know the truth now. Uh, sorry, miss, but you must bear with me for a little while. There are some things I know and some things I don't know. I shall have to explore everything. For example, I'm still interested in that little purchase you made last April. Then there's the weed killer and the cups of milk. So many questions just have to be answered. There is also that bottle of port staring you in the face. He put weed killer into it. But we've analysed the weed killer that was used for the garden. Less than half of it was composed of pure arsenic that had dissolved in liquid. The rest of it was like sand. Wouldn't dissolve in anything. This liquid is perfectly clear. Look at it against the light. You see? Perfectly clear. You mean that bottle does not contain weed killer? I do, sir. Because, you see, your wife was not poisoned by weed killer. Not poisoned by weed killer? I don't understand. You will, miss, you will. Now, we come to that little purchase you made last April. Apart from soap and tooth powder, you also bought a certain preparation that's quite fashionable nowadays. I may have done. But what has that got to do with all this? I hope to show you in a minute. But I wish you'd try and recall that purchase. But how can I recall it last April? It was so long ago. I think it was for your hands, miss. Oh, yes, I, I did buy a preparation for my hands. Something to whiten the skin. Perhaps you can describe it, miss. Well, it was a powder which I had to dissolve in water. Exactly, miss. The chemist ought never to have sold it to you. But I suppose they're very lax in these country districts and he probably makes an exorbitant profit out of it. Poison laws need tightening up. You see, miss, that powder was pure white arsenic. Arsenic? I'm afraid so, miss. But I never knew it was arsenic. I just used it on my hands. I swear I never knew. Are you sure you never knew, miss? I didn't know it was arsenic. And I didn't put arsenic in that bottle of port. I know nothing about the port. I, I, I didn't even know Mrs. Black was drinking it. I should think as a lady's companion, it was your business to know what she was well, drinking. I wish you'd leave me alone. I've told you I'm ill. I feel faint. Inspector, surely the inquiry can be closed now. You've learnt all you came to find out. Not quite, sir. Now, miss, I believe you used all that packet on your hands. Yes, I did. Oh, I understand. That was in April. But you ordered a second packet in June. Now, sir, as master of the house, you left all the shopping to the women folk. Why do you think my wife kept servants, Inspector? Right, sir, sir. But there'd be little things you'd buy for yourself in spite of that. Books and so There on. isn't a bookshop in Amberwood, Inspector. No, sir. But there's a barber's. You'd have to go down to the village for that occasionally, wouldn't you? One of those things that women folk can't do for us, eh? And I dare say that on one of those little excursions you might have bought something for your wife? Some little thing she particularly asked you to get for her? No, Inspector. My wife would hardly have trusted me. Besides, she had Miss Graham to do that sort of thing for her. But perhaps Miss Graham would have trusted you, sir. You might have got something for her if she'd asked you to. Well, uh, I might have done, yes. Exactly, sir. That's my point. You did get something for her. The second packet of powder, sir. The second packet of arsenic. I got the second packet. Uh, the chemist says he's most emphatic on the point. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, come, sir. You've got a habit of not remembering. But I remember. It was when Ellen was ill in bed with a cold and you said you would get it for me on your way back from school. I didn't know it was arsenic. Miss Graham asked me to fetch the preparation. I, I, I just gave it to her, that's all. Now, miss, 
Did you use all that packet on your hands? No, I didn't use the whole packet. Where is the remainder? It was in my room. Well, it's not there now. No, I must have mislaid it. You mislaid it, eh? Well, that's a pity, miss. A great pity. Because the remainder of that packet killed Mrs. Black. <gasps> now, miss, regarding that preparation, did you always keep it in the packet? Yes. I asked because the chemist said he suggested it should be kept in a container because long exposure to the air would discolor it. He says he generally told his customers that. But I didn't bother. Yeah, that's right, Inspector. I remember telling Miss Kramer she ought to do it when I gave her the packet. Yes, but I didn't bother to do it. But you did bother, Elizabeth, because I saw the stuff in a silver bowl. You say you told Miss Graham it should be in a container, sir. Then you knew that arsenic was likely to go dark if exposed long to the air. Well, the, the chemist told me so. I wondered, sir. Because you'd have more than a passing knowledge of chemistry, wouldn't you, since you're a schoolmaster? You might have known the peculiar properties of arsenic. But I didn't know it was arsenic. I've told you that. Where did you see the silver bowl? I, I don't remember. Where is it now? I don't know. You know, miss? Well, how can I know? I've never seen it. Oh, I find myself at a loss. Both of you stand to inherit a considerable sum of money. Both of you were in love. Both of you had access to arsenic. Miss Graham mislays a quantity of it, which later poisoned your wife, possibly in that bottle of wine. A silver bowl, which may or may not contain arsenic, and which would or would not reveal traces of this, is missing. If we could find that bowl, we could verify one or other of the conflicting stories, but neither of you can tell me where it is now. If your wife hadn't died, sir... You might have both gone on for years, the two of you sitting in this room waiting. While in the room above, Mrs. Black continued to maintain her feeble hold on life. Are you suggesting that Miss Graham and I poisoned my wife between us? People in love have been known to act in an extremely desperate manner, sir. I'm not suggesting anything, sir. I'm merely relating the facts. And the facts are not particularly helpful at this moment. I'm afraid I can only ask you to accompany me to London. Well, we can take proper statements and go into the matter a little more fully. You mean you're arresting us? Well, sir, let's rather say that uh, you've been called in for further questioning. But I was poisoned by that port last night. Would I have done that myself, Inspector? I can't say, miss. There's so many stories about this bottle of port. But we'll sort it out, miss. We'll have the bottle analysed and we shall know all about it. It may prove to be the drink which poisoned Mrs. Black. Now, there's a train at ten five. Or is it 10.25? I shall have to look it up. It'll be a cold journey. So with your permission, sir, I think it might be a good idea that we had some tea before we left. I'll tell the housekeeper. Excuse me, please. I won't be long. No matter what he says, they'll arrest us when we get there and charge us both with murder. Why haven't you the courage to admit that you took the arsenic from my room? No, what's the use of arguing... Unless one of us confesses, they'll believe we did it together. And the more we blame each other, the worse it'll be for I'll us. I'll make them see the truth. But what is the truth? You and I were secretly in love. My wife died of poisoning. We started at this advantage, don't we? There have been too many lovers who've got rid of the wife who was in the way. I feel Edwina's watching all this. How she must be enjoying herself. I can't face it. They'll question me, question after question, pushing me further and further into a trap. Yes, you can stand there and say that, but you were quite content to let me take the blame to save your own skin. And so were you. Oh, it's no good, Elizabeth. We're bound together by her death, bound together by what happened to her. We can't escape her. But there's one thing we can do. 
run away now at once. If we can get abroad, we shall be safe. Where should we go? Menaggio? Well, there must be somewhere in the world where they couldn't find us. And what will our life be like if we ever reach it? I'll tell you, living in shabby little cafes, afraid to go out in the sun, starting an alarm if anybody knocked at the door. After a time, we'd be safe. And Edwina will be with us always. So you won't run away? No. I'll tell you why you won't run away. Because you still think I'll be convicted. That you'll be allowed to come back and spend the money you inherited through murder. And when you do come back, you'll change into another Edwina. You're even beginning to look like her. Your eyes are cold and hard. Gregory, keep away from you me. You both shamed me and humiliated me. You've turned me into a weak coward between you. Let me go. You're hurting me. Admit that you killed Edwina. You won't destroy me. Go on, Elizabeth. Admit it. You shan't destroy me. I won't let you. I, 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 what I... will you do? No. No, nothing. That's the whole point. Nothing. You both succeeded too well. Come in. Mr. Martin tells me you'll all three be going to London by the 10-5 train, sir. So I've packed a bag for you. Thank you, Ellen. I've also packed a few things for you, Miss Graham. Now, sir, about the house. No, you can see to that, Ellen. No special instructions? No. Miss Edwina was the only one who gave special instructions. But then everything had to be just right for her. You're much more easygoing, aren't you, sir? But perhaps you don't love the house as she did. Oh, no. It trains at 10.5, so, so we've got plenty of time. Oh, I hope you'll pardon the liberty in your kitchen, ma'am, but the kettle boils, so I made the tea. I always make the tea when I'm at home. You've got the wrong cups. Have I now? Well, never mind, ma'am. I've got much of a one for these dainty little thimbles are going for nowadays. I like a good-sized cup. Now, miss, you'll have some tea, won't you? No, thank you. That's a cold journey ahead of us. I think you ought to have some. Oh, very well. That's right. Sugar, miss? No, thank you. Oh, dear, I'll put it in now. It doesn't matter. Thank you. Sugar for you, sir? There you are, sir. I'll put one in. Now, ma'am, you'll have a cup of tea, won't you? I'll have mine in the kitchen. Oh, I think Mr. Black will waive convention for once, won't you, sir? I'm sure you like plenty of sugar, ma'am. There you are. Thank you, sir. You seem to be enjoying this, Inspector. Well, why not, sir? I should have thought it was... Hard at the moment. Moments like this happen quite frequently in my profession, sir. But you know, few moments in life are too serious for a nice cup of tea. What an attractive sugar bowl this is, isn't it? I often wish my salary allowed me to collect silver. Finely engraved piece, isn't it? I like the way the designers entwined the letters E.B. with the pattern of leaves. Your wife's initials, of course, sir. Where did you get that? Why, ma'am? Only a sugar bowl? It's not a sugar bowl, it's... I'm sorry, ma'am, I thought it was. That's what comes of letting your kitchen be invaded by a man. You didn't find it in the kitchen. Well, where else would I find it? Could it have been under some bushes in the garden? You put some in my tea. Put what in your tea, ma'am? Sugar? It wasn't sugar, it wasn't sugar, What it was... was it then, ma'am? Of course, it was the arsenic. He, he's put some in the tea. I've done nothing of the kind, ma'am, but I suggest you put it in Mrs. Black's port. No, they did it. Miss Graham, Mr. Black, the two of them... They were the only ones who wanted to get rid of Miss Edwina. But you threw the bowl away. They told me to do it. That's a lie, Inspector. And they told me not to tell anyone. When did they tell you to throw it away, ma'am? The day after Miss Edwina died. Oh, this is preposterous. Just a moment, sir, please. Now, ma'am, what did they say to you? They told you to throw it away. They did. They didn't say anything else. They just said, will you throw this away in the garden? Yes, sir. Didn't you think that's strange? It looks a very valuable bowl. I didn't think at all, sir. I just did what I was told. Then how did you know the contents was poisonous? <laughs> I knew it had poisoned Miss Edwina, didn't I? Did you, ma'am? And how did you know that? Neither Mr. Black nor Miss Graham told you. 
As far as you were concerned, it was just a bowl. They wanted it thrown away. I guessed it. No, ma'am, you didn't. I suggest you knew it was poison because you'd already given it to Mrs. Black in her port. But why should I harm her? I loved her. I loved her, do you hear? And you've also stood to gain a comfortable little annuity from her death, ma'am. I suggest you stole the hand preparation from Miss Graham's room and put it into the bottle of port before you took it upstairs to your mistress. I didn't steal it. Miss Edwina asked me to get it. She said she wanted it for her hands, and she told me to put it in the silver bowl. And then you poisoned her. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't poison her. She poisoned herself. Oh, my, what am I said? Now, ma'am, just calm yourself and tell us the rest. Just before she died... She told me she'd taken some of the stuff in her milk. You mean her port, ma'am? She told me it was her milk. Are you sure? Sure as I'm standing here. She said she'd done it because of them. Because they'd made her so unhappy she didn't want to live anymore. And she told me not to tell anyone and to throw the bowl away. And you knew that Mr. Black and Miss Graham might be accused of her death. In fact, you deliberately accused them just now. No more than they deserve. They'd hurt her cruelly, and I was going to let them suffer in return. They ought to suffer like she suffered up there in that room alone, unable to move and knowing that they were down here carrying on. If it hadn't been for them, she'd have been alive today, alive, and I'd have been looking after her. But she'd have died anyway, ma'am, according to the doctor. I'd have kept her alive somehow. But now you've tricked me into telling you, and everybody will know about her. I don't care what you do to me. You can send me to prison, but nobody must know about Miss Edwina killing herself. They mustn't know she committed such a sin. The vicar's wife, the whole village, they respect her memory. They must always respect it. Oh, you mustn't tell. You mustn't tell. Now, now, ma'am, calm yourself. You and I will go and have a little talk, shall we? Nobody must know. You, you mustn't tell, please. All right, ma'am. Now, you leave it all to me. Nobody must know. Nobody. Miss Edwina would never forgive me. She'd never forgive me. You mustn't tell anybody. You mustn't. Now, just leave it to me. It'll be all right. Edwina. Not you or I, but Edwina. Oh, Greg. She wanted to hang us. She knew she was going to die, so she schemed and plotted in that damned sick room of hers. She's mad, mad. I remember now it was she who advised me to get that preparation for my hands. Well, she knew it was us. Who else but Edwina could have thought of such a thing? Who else would have used her own death in such a way? Ellen said Edwina was poisoned with a cup of milk. But I was ill, so who poisoned... She's quieter now. She'll be all right. I hope you'll pardon that very clumsy ruse, but there was nothing else I could do. I was guessing. Till a few minutes ago, I had no inkling of the truth. Just imagine. A frail, sick woman commits suicide and causes all this misery. But where did this bottle of port fit into the picture? That's what I asked myself, sir. In fact, I've been asking myself that for the last half hour. And I can only come to one conclusion. A conclusion based on something I heard in this house two or three days ago. Do you recall it, sir? It concerns your late wife. No. I have a theory. Let me remove the cork and perhaps... Uh, as I thought, the smell of this contents explained why you thought you were poisoned, miss. 
Do you remember Mrs. Black had a habit of throwing her nasty medicine away anywhere just to get rid of it? This bottle happens to be handy, possibly with a little port left in it. So why not pop it into that? But I was ill, Inspector. Of course you were ill, miss. You had a strong overdose of wine glass neat, and in your overwrought condition... Only medicine. And all the suspicion we built from it. We human beings are very open to suggestions, sir. In the dark, an overcoat hanging on a door becomes a monster. A tree becomes a devil himself. And the wood's been a dark place these last few days. So medicine becomes a deadly poison. And Edwina was behind everything. Edwina. Can we blame the poor sick lady entirely, miss? After all, she wouldn't have succeeded as far as she did unless... Unless what? The ground has to be fertile, sir, if the seed is to flourish. Oh, there's half past nine now. Aye, aye, I'll catch the ten-five train. I'll go by the garden way, if you don't mind, sir. Break it for me. You'll be hearing from us very shortly. Final formality, sir. Good day to you both. He's right. It was our fault, Gregory. Not either of us, but both of us. And now we're free, Lisa. No, Gregory. She's won, hasn't she? Even after her death, Edwina has parted us. But our love for each other. Our love. What a shoddy, tawdry thing that turned out to be. I think I'll go to my room now and pack. You're not leaving me? Yes, Gregory. We could... Try again. Could we? Could we live together, love each other without remembering the dreadful things we've said? I couldn't. I'm going upstairs to my room now. If you leave me now, I shall be alone. Alone with her. Alone with Edwina. Lisa, please, come over here. Lisa, we can try again. Don't you see? We know each other now. With no romantic illusions left, we really know each other. We could build on that, Lisa. We could build. Gregory, if only we could. We can, my dear. Menaggio's still there, waiting for us. Oh, Gregory. Yes, yes, you're right. We can. We will. Welcome back, if, of course, you haven't dropped off to sleep by now, which is fine if you have. One, you won't be listening to this little bit if you have dropped off to sleep, but the whole point is to help you relax and help you drift off into the land of Nod. So that's absolutely fine if you have. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Saturday Night Theatre. I will be back again with you tomorrow night at 6pm GMT with some more fabulous stories to help you drift off to sleep. Don't forget to check out my podcast page at patreon.com forward slash Foxy After Dark or you can check out Foxy Good Girl on YouTube or Instagram. I can't wait to catch up with you all tomorrow night at the same time for another episode of Foxy After Dark. Stay safe, always be kind, love you all. Bye. <laughs>